All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Super Together Podcast. I am James Cochran. And I'm Ginger Rothis. And this is take two because James forgot to check which uh, input was recording. Um, And so we recorded that last one as though we were in a train tunnel. Yeah, Yeah. we we done wrong. But you know what? It's kind of a sign of the times this week, James. Things are just not going according to plan. It's been a weird week. It's a week. So um, this is a super together, the podcast where we talk about relationships, how to be in relationships, how to survive relationships. And we are uh, talking today about quarantine. Um, How and I mean, so, okay, there's this thing. It's called the coronavirus, Mm -hmm. COVID-19. It's it's I think the actual thing is that there's a coronavirus that causes a disease called COVID-19. That's what I've how I've come to understand it. And stuff's shutting down. Yes. Um, You know, schools are getting closed. Um, We're recording this on Thursday, March 12th. And um, I don't know if it was this morning or last night that the NBA suspended its season. Last night. Um, I know that they they canceled a game and the the season suspended. Um, And so lots of stuff is, um, you know, lots of companies are being, um, asking their employees to work Mm -hmm. from home. Um, Out of an overabundance of caution, your school. Our school closed last night. Um, A faculty member had a relative that has a potential case. So yeah, I think everybody's just kind of full stop. Let's play mm-hmm. it safe. Let's let's try to minimize exposure as much as possible. But what um, what that's doing is putting us all in the spirit of quarantine. And, um, and I was saying to James earlier, I almost have this kind of feeling of relief of like being shut in my house for a couple of weeks doesn't sound all bad. No, it's no. like I get a free pass, guilt-free to, to, to not function in the world. Um, and I think it's helping me realize how maybe overscheduled and busy we are because this feels like a little bit of a relief as, yeah. l- as long as we're not ill and Sure, miserable. sure. We're trying to approach this with an attitude of recognition of privilege mm-hmm. where we realize that this isn't going to look the same for everybody mm-hmm. and probably people... Um, with lower socioeconomic mm-hmm. status, um, people at you know the intersections of different margins are going to have a far worse experience yes. of the next couple of months than um, people that occupy positions of privilege. And yet, we think that we all can approach this with an attitude of what what do we have to learn? Mm-hmm. Um, what can we come away from this experience holding mm-hmm. as uh, valuable learning experiences, um, opportunities for connection? And so um, so that's kind of the approach we're taking. Um, we're imagining kind of a what do you do when you're sort of locked in your house for two weeks with your partner, uh, maybe with your kids as well? Um, how do you... Um, navigate that process in such a way where you're not kind of at each other's throats all the time. Yeah. And I think that even in our houses, yours and mine, we, it will be very different based on the age of our children. Yeah. Um, so I have middle schoolers who will be, you know, overdoing it on screen time and, mm. uh, happy to, to be locked away. Um, you have toddlers that mm. will be busy. Yeah. Uh, so all of our thresholds for tolerance are, are going to be different through this. But I think that, um, you know, this idea of in the, in the bad is good mm-hmm. to me is the deep connection we can feel to one another. So the, the irony of 
we're told to keep a social distance, but um, but then we're quarantined with those we love the most, and right, right. Um, and so there's there's something to learn from you know humanity there. I think it's reminding me how how connected we all are as human beings, yeah, how absolutely. fragile we fragile we are, how um, global we are. I mean, this is just such a once in a lifetime, hopefully, experience yeah, to yeah. Um, to see this playing out. Yeah, absolutely. I think we are, um, you know, it has always been the case that we live in a global world, um, but it is only in spaces like this, you know, you know, before we recorded, Ginger was commenting on my phone mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I have a high degree of confidence that somebody in Asia made this phone. Yes. Um, but I don't see myself as connected to people mm-hmm. in Asia in the same way that I do now right. in the recognition that we're, you know, dealing with, um, this pathogen mm-hmm. that came yeah. out of there. Um, so certainly recognizing that interconnectedness, um, you know, thinking about, you know, we're all under quarantine, but maybe so is everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like, you know, you know, where were you in the 20s, right. you know, when we're, you know, like when we're older and we're looking back at this time, um, this is something that we will all have gone through together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that there is absolutely value in that. Um, so but we are a relationships podcast. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to think about um, what are some of these specific dynamics that might come into play? Should you be quarantined? And, and I think that these are dynamics that are true um, really in all spaces and at all mm-hmm. times. Um, but maybe especially true, um, in the coming weeks and months. Um, so I guess I'll ask the first question, you know, if I can't or won't leave my house because of this, um, and yet I feel like I need space from my wife, right? We need space from our partners. What do we do? Yeah. I think that, um, it's so interesting to see how, uh, this could play out because, you know, we start with day one in quarantine and it's kind of exciting and this thing has happened in our country and we're being told to stay home. But then by day seven, we are starting to wear on each other's nerves mm-hmm. and have cabin fever and want to get back into our routines. And, yeah. um, you know, and we don't know what the disease progression is going to be like even. So it's kind of an undetermined amount of time. Sure. So I can see where nerves are going to fray and, um, anxiety is going to rise and, um, you know, there's just a lot of unknowns. And when we are in a world of uncertainty, I mean, we live in that all the time, but when it's really projected upon Mm -hmm. us, uh, it can bring out the worst in us. And so I think, you know, as a couple, um, with your partner having conversations about how are we going to make this work? How, yeah. how, how are we going to give each other space? Um, how are we going to stay calm and be a calming force to the other one? Yeah. I think that in having those conversations when you are in a kind of safe and healthy place, mm-hmm. um, it, it would be easy to wait until day seven when you're not in a good place and saying, here's what I need and here's why you need right. to give it to me and have that potentially not be received well or not um, be as productive a conversation as, as it otherwise could be. And just go into it saying, um, you know, actually I was watching um, Better Call Saul the other day. Mm-hmm. Um and um, there's this scene where they're they're basically flying these guys in from Germany in total secrecy um, to make them participate in this underground project that nobody's going to know about. Um, and right away, um, Mike Ermentrout, who's supervising the project, says, um, OK, we need treadmills and we need foosball tables and we need a theater and we need all all of these different things in the recognition that it's not just as simple as, OK, throw everybody here in this space for an extended period of time and mm. everything's going to be fine. 
but before they even arrive, just recognizing um, human beings, when forced into close proximity, they need things to create space from one another, space mm-hmm. with one another, um, because we can get bored really easily. We can get anxious really easily. Um, so what I imagine this might look like for my wife and I is to sit down and say, okay, of myself, I know that um, maybe at least uh, two times a week, I'm going to need a few hours that's just like for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and she might say that she needs the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we might have to offer each other like a signal where we mm-hmm. say, um, okay, I'll say rutabaga when it feels like I am just kind of at my wits end. Exactly. Um, and if we establish those ground rules up ahead and maybe even like put it into the calendar, mm-hmm. um, creating some structure where we say it's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll take time for myself when I can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, instead say um you know no i'm gonna take my mm-hmm. my time um in the morning for an hour or every other day for this long and you'll take it every other day for this long um and as you mentioned you know me with a four and a half year old and mm-hmm. a two-year-old that's going to be right. something we have to be maybe a little bit more intentional about right. um, so that someone's caring for the kids but um so i i, I use the word intentional a lot yeah. and to me that feels like a key dynamic to making sure these spaces move smoothly is saying okay how can we make sure that we're not just, you know, mm-hmm. flying by the seat of our pants and freewheeling it. And there may be some of that, but saying to do this well, we have to have conversations um, when they're easy to have as mm-hmm. opposed to when they're hard to have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, some, some mindset management around mm-hmm. when we start to get annoyed with people <laughs> managing sure. our own thoughts about about the other person um, because it is going to be a lot of togetherness and anytime, you know, those are roommate issues more than yeah, marriage yeah, issues, absolutely. right? Yeah, absolutely, sure. Um, anybody you live with starts to grate on your nerves and if we're in, in a quarantine situation, then it feels very forced. Um, so, you know, maybe it's practices like remembering why you love this mm-hmm. person or yeah. why you fell in love with this person, um, what it was like when you first met, uh, taking your mind back to the good instead of the little annoyances that are in this short-term situation. We're yeah, in. absolutely. And I think that that's, um, we talk about in counseling, this concept of positive sentiment override and um, or negative sentiment override and which one of those feels like like it's more like the case. And if we're not intentional, if we're not prepared, um, then it can be really easy to notice all the negative things that somebody does. Um, and, and so John Gottman, a relationship uh, theorist and researcher, talks about um, healthy relationships have a five to one positive to negative um, interaction ratio. So for every um, one negative interaction, you're having five positive interactions. Um, what I always encourage couples to recognize is that that doesn't happen by accident. Um, it isn't something where you just, you're going to wake up and you're going to do all the good things and these bad things are just going to keep that number low. Uh, in reality, the bad things are going to happen without your permission, without much paying attention to it. Um, but the good things do take your intentional effort. It takes you saying, um, offering affirmation and appreciation and, um, you know, other types of, um, you know, physical support and some of those types of things. Um, you know, we were talking about how um, when we're in these kind of override statements um, early on in the quarantine, you know, my wife um, doing something that annoys me is something that'll be easy for me to kind of just let go. It's like, okay, yeah, she um, left the dishes out. My wife doesn't leave the dishes out. She's a very organized person. In reality, let's 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 make this real and say that what really happens is um, I've left dishes out or I've left my shoes, you know, all over the place. Um, 
you know, day one, she's just going to take care of that. She's like, yeah, this is just kind of a reality. But day seven, day eight, day nine, day 10, that's going to be a lot harder for her. Um, that's going to grate on her because she may be more inclined toward that negative sentiment override. And so that's the space where she will have to be really intentional about generating the things that she likes about me mm-hmm. because otherwise it's going to be really exactly. easy for her to feel annoyed. That's right. Yeah. Um, so this kind of segues into the conversation of, um, you know, these are extraordinary circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um atypical for any number of reasons. Um, so asking the question, um, what is it like to, um, lean into those as opposed to allowing those things to be really disruptive for us? And so some of this is individual, the things that we navigate at an individual level. Um, but I think it applies to our relationships as well. Um, because I think that if we, you know, so, okay, quarantine goes into effect and we just sort of run into it as though, Hey, this is going to be our life as usual. Um, I think we're going to be pretty disappointed because I don't think that's, it is going to be our life as usual. Um, so I guess I'm just sort of throwing that thought out there. Any reactions to how do we navigate this in the recognition that we may not be our best selves, that this isn't going to be business as usual? Yeah. I think, I mean, the word compassion comes to mind as far as compassion for everybody right now, the Mm -hmm. leaders that are trying to make decisions, the, um, healthcare professionals that are trying to to you know lessen the incidence of spread of this disease the um the people with job that are dependent on every paycheck mm-hmm. yeah. um the children in schools where that was their only meal i mean there's so much for us to consider as the ripple effects of this and so really understanding we're all trying to figure this out we're all doing this for the first time um is is kind of our calling i think as mm-hmm in this shared humanity, this shared human experience that's happening on our planet right now. Um, how are we, you know, we're all navigating it for the first time and showing each other some space, some grace, some let each other off the hook. Um, everybody's doing their best. I think staying in that mindset, um, will, you know, not only contribute to, um, kind of, healing energy on the planet but also boost our own immune systems Mm -hmm. not going into the into the darkness but you know staying in the what can i learn from this and how can i help sure i think one of the things that you said sparked a thought in my head if we um if we think about how hard it is for ourselves Mm -hmm. and recognize that it is likely just as hard for our partner Mm -hmm. to be in that space. Um, I will, um, when I'm teaching um, couples about validation, um, this idea of looking at someone's experience and affirming it is true. uh, There's the common expression, you know, walk a mile in -hmm. someone's shoes. Mm -hmm. And I try to help them see validation is really about trying to like live your entire life in someone's shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, So, all of their experiences, all of the different things that have gone to inform who they are today and the reality of their present experience. Um, And so, you know, when you are inclined to lash out at your partner, be really frustrated um, at them or how they're behaving or um, the things that they're saying, just ask yourself the question like, okay, what what is this like for them, you know, in this moment? Like how, like I know how hard it is for me So it's probably just as hard for them, if maybe not harder because of X, Y, or Z. Um, So I think that that is grace, you know, that's saying like, yeah, there's just, um, because this is not normal, it isn't fair for me to expect normal of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, It isn't necessarily fair for me to expect normal of my partner. Um, So making some of those adjustments and accommodations. I know that one of the things that we're trying to navigate as parents right now is the question of how do we 
negotiate like screen time mm-hmm. with our kids who are just like, you know, getting into all this. And, mm-hmm. um, and the reality is if, if, if I hold myself to, okay, my kids are only going to have one hour of screen time a day and now we're quarantined, <laughs> they, we can't, right. they don't go to school. They don't go and spend time with friends or family or those mm-hmm. types of things. They can't go spend the weekend at, you know, mm-hmm. granny's house. Right. Um, that puts me into the situation of, well, okay, maybe they're going to have to have more screen time. And that is okay, Mm -hmm. given how extraordinary these circumstances are. Um, So I think the same thing can be said of our our couple dynamics. And even if, and even, and and I guess I would even want to extend this to say, um, if you go into this thinking, well, I listened to James and Ginger's podcast, um, therefore I have all the tools that I need to navigate this uh, appropriately. just you're wrong. <laughs> this is going to, it's going to be hard. Um, there will, I hope be moments of true, deep, genuine connection with you and the people that you love. Mm-hmm. And there will also be moments that drive you up the wall. Right. Um, I mean, again, if, if this was like a, um, mandated national holiday mm-hmm. where someone said, you know what, everything's going so great mm-hmm. for us as a country right now that we want everybody to take two weeks off, but you, you have to stay at home. Even under those circumstances, it would be rough right. to be in those in close quarters with somebody. Um, so I think fear on top of exactly that now, add add, add the context, mm-hmm. the illness. Um, you know the you know if you've got family in Seattle or you know you're worried about those types of things, it's going to exacerbate the situation. So if you just go into it saying, you know. Uh, maybe we'll get like 50% of our interactions mm-hmm. to go the way we want them to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes um, think about like, you know, this is a weird analogy because basketball's canceled basically. But, um, you know, like the best basketball players make half their shots. Mm-hmm. Half. Right. They make half. They're the best ones. They yeah. make half their shots. Okay. Um, and so thinking about if you think you're going to go into every single interaction mm-hmm. um, and just knock it out of the park, mm-hmm. we're switching to baseball now mm-hmm. for the analogy. Yeah, good. I'm tracking. Um, <laughs> you're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so saying first, um, we're not going to do this perfectly. Um, and that we're probably going to have to change different patterns of our yes. dynamic, um, to make this, to make this look the way that we want it to look. Um, wh- one of the things that we mentioned in the first recording of this podcast was that, um, you know, my wife, before we had kids worked three days a week. Um, you know, she worked 12 hour shifts on the night shift. And now that we've got kids, she works one night a week. Mm-hmm which means a 66% reduction in the Mm -hmm. amount of time that I get to myself. Um, And that had an impact, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so we think about all of the routines that are changing and all of our, you know, things that we're used to doing. We were talking about how Mm -hmm. my wife likes to go to the gym, um, you know, three or four or five Mm -hmm. days a week. And now she can't do that. She will not be able to do that. Um, And in that reality, she's not going to be able Mm -hmm. to be her best self. Or at a minimum, we're going to have to find different patterns that we can encourage. Um, If I know, hey, my wife needs that, you know, joyful movement Mm -hmm. to be able to be her best self, then I've got to ask myself the question, what responsibility do I bear for supporting that, Mm -hmm. Um, for creating space for her to, you know, lock herself in the basement and do some, you know, YouTube Pilates or something. Um, So asking that question instead of just, um, you know, expecting the best from ourselves, expecting the best from our partners um, without really any accommodations. Yeah, I like what you're saying about trying to problem solve for the other one and know what Mm -hmm. the other person needs um, so that we're both our best selves and, um, you know, approaching it as a team instead of what I need and I need and I need. It's, you know, let let me help you. Mm -hmm. And then here's what I need from you to help me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I think what you're saying about these extraordinary times is, 
exactly we all need to be in this mindset that this this is uncharted territory mm -hmm. and we're all doing the best we can and figuring it out and some of the rules don't apply right now like the screen time with the girls sure, right sure. it's going to be okay um we will return to a routine at some point and yeah. we can normalize then yeah but right now we're we're just in new yeah. new times yeah this i like the idea of you know zooming out yeah. and asking the question of you know we this doesn't this doesn't qualify um as sort of normal best self territory we'll get to that place right. um but this doesn't sort right. of meet that criteria based on what's going on right um so i guess another question i would want to put in front of us um is the how do we um what are some ways that we can just self-soothe? Um, and so, I, and, and we've, we've mentioned this idea of mindset, mm -hmm. um, but I guess just, just asking the question, um, this, this stuff makes people anxious. Yes. It, I know that it makes me anxious. Um, you know, I find the more I learn, the better I feel, the more I like am a critical consumer of information, the more I'm like, okay, this is something that I have confidence that we as a world can really wrap our arms around and figure out a way past. It's, it's probably going to be tragic in a lot of ways, but I think that we will come out of this, um, a better human race mm -hmm. than what we went into it as. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet it's still anxiety provoking. Mm -hmm. Um, we exist in a world where that's a reality. So what are some of the things that we can be paying attention to behaviors that we can, um, make sure that we incorporate um, just so that we're doing a good job of caring for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, my go-tos are, are breathing, mindful breathing. So, you know, one of them, if we're quarantined in our house is a simple breathing exercise is to follow the outline of a picture frame or a window mm -hmm. and make that your a square breath. So inhale for four, hold it for four, exhale for a count of four and hold that for a count of four so you're just with your eyes follow the outline of a window or a picture frame and think about inhaling holding exhaling holding I mean if you do three to five rounds of that you will feel kind of this wave of calm because you yeah. quieted your racing mind at the same time you sent oxygen to your brain absolutely yeah. um, by breathing deeper so that's a go-to um, you know I will go sit by myself in a quiet room and just really try to be thoughtless, <laughs> like mm -hmm. quiet the thinking, quiet the racing mind, get to a point where, and, and that takes some training and um, practice, but you could, this is a great time to start of just trying to quiet your mind. Mm -hmm. um, try to stop the racing thoughts, the anxiety. Um, you mentioned what you're consuming. Be very aware of how much you're consuming and how that's probably feeding some some internal angst um and you know and just remove the um the triggers that cause you deeper fear we're mm -hmm. all living at a pretty high state of fear right now sure. as it is so not to don't add that onto yourself with yeah. additional fears yeah um i like what you're saying about breathing one of the things that i um i can't remember where i read this but um generally because of our posture um and just sort of our mm -hmm. sort of naturally heightened state we we breathe to about one third of our full lung yes, capacity I've heard that too. um and and that 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 creates a brain that's not as oxygenated as exactly. it otherwise could be um you know when my four-year-old um gets um 
just really worked up. Um, we always encourage, you know, deep breaths. And Daniel Tiger um, also <laughs> encourages deep breaths. Um, you know, take a deep breath and count to four is, awesome. is one of the little songs. And um, I think that that's something in a partnered relationship that we can pay attention to and say, how... Um, you know, how can I create space for my partner to yes. do that? Um, and then how can I ask for it when I need it? Yes. Um, you know, if I find myself just being, you know, snapping or mm-hmm. uh, being un- unkind or not, not the kind of person mm-hmm. that I want to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe what I need to say is, hey, Lindsay, I, I really need to go take some space for exactly. myself to take some deep breaths. Um, and creating a space where that kind of permission giving is mm-hmm. just a default where mm-hmm. we just say, yeah, like if you need space, go get that space. Yes. Um one of the the tools that I use with couples is this red light, yellow light, green light dynamic where um, I I give them sort of these rules of connection where you're not being accusatory, you're not being um, defensive. And um, if you can follow the rules, great. You're at green light, have, have the conversation, you know, participate in the interaction. If you can follow the rules, but you can, you can pinpoint that, okay, my anxiety is a little bit higher. Um, well, okay, pay attention mm-hmm. to it, but you can proceed with the interaction. But if one or both partners is at red light, which is where I, I can't follow the rules, even despite my best efforts, then you need to take some space. Um, which I think like approaching your interactions with that level of awareness is probably going to be really important. Um, and in the recognition that these soothing kinds of behaviors, the deep breathing, um, the, you know, media consumption and, yes. and, and curating that kind of stuff, that's stuff that we will want to be doing with a lot of intentionality. Um, and so, um, I think as we, um, approach this, we're looking not only at, um, how do I soothe for myself, Mm -hmm. but how do I help my partner soothe? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we are very inclined to look at those culturally. We look at those behaviors as selfish. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that more and more people in our profession Mm -hmm. are coming to see how essential it really is, Mm -hmm. um, that we, you know, almost every client that I have, I have to have the conversation, okay, well, what do you do for self-care? And usually they're like, well, what, what, what even is that? You know, people, um, it's, it's entered the vernacular in, in, in a more common way. Um, but unfortunately I think it enters it in terms of a, like, um, you know, self-care is like, how do I keep from, um, punching my boss in the face right. you know so it's like okay go take four deep breaths and then get back to work right. it's like i think that We're self-care really getting the point right yeah and instead mm-hmm. it's recognizing that to be my best self right. um there is there are things that i need mm-hmm. and when i deprive myself of those mm-hmm. things or when i allow my partner to, to deprive mm-hmm. themselves of those things um it's just going to be really hard right. um it's going to be i'm not going to be able to be the person that i want to be mm-hmm. um so um Self-soothe, um, you know, wash your hands. One of the things yes. my, uh, um, I heard someone, um, give a message this last week and one of the things she talked about was, um, you should be washing your hands for 20 seconds and why not take those 20 seconds as an opportunity to, um, imagine yourself washing your fear mm-hmm. away, um, sort of checking in, doing mm-hmm. some deep breathing, maybe saying a prayer if that's your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that the more, um, we've done a handful of these now and we've, we've talked about the value of meditation and mindfulness Mm -hmm. and those types of things. Mm -hmm. I think that we might, um, even maybe on this, um, this feed, um, offer some of those Mm -hmm. tools, um, like uh, some loving kindness meditations, um, you know, some other breathing exercises. Yeah. I was going to say loving kindness is a great one while washing hands too, or just when you're feeling, you know, that anxiety while you're driving or just Mm -hmm. may, may others feel peace may others feel love may others feel calm 
may I feel peace, may I feel love, may I feel calm. And that um, is such a beautiful practice. And the more we do it, the more we're putting that out into the world. And and not only do we show up in a calmer state of being, Mm -hmm. but I think energetically, the more of us sending that um, energy or vibe or prayer into the world uh, can't hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that it it engages the parts of our brains that socially and relationally encourage us to be yes. most responsible. Yes. Um, you know, um, I wear a necklace um, that says, um, I'm bringing it out to show Ginger. It says, I have no enemies. Ah, um, I've never actually, it maybe yet. just says no enemies. Yeah. Um, and I think that if we can encourage practices like that, where we're trying to offer our self-loving kindness, offer loving kindness to other people, um, then when my first instinct is to turn around and, mm-hmm. you know, yell at my wife mm-hmm. because I can't find the key to the, we have these little magnetic keys for the cabinets. Like if oh, I can't yeah. find that, if my instinct is to yell, I'm a different part of my brain is engaged because I just did that loving kindness meditation. Right. right? And so, um, being really intentional about that, I think is an important step. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing that you mentioned to me that I didn't know about was the dashboard. Mm-hmm. Um, the intentionally looking at how many people have recovered mm-hmm. from um, the disease instead of how many have died from the disease, right? It, yeah. It's it's what you choose to focus on because um, the statistics are, you know, are in our favor, but we we focus on that worst case scenario. Sure. I wrote a blog last week called awfulizing mm-hmm. that we awfulize it right we just go to the worst case scenario instead of helping our brains remember there is hope there yeah. is, there, it, there we can be encouraged um yeah yeah the the dashboard that she's referring to is the um johns hopkins university uh, center for Systems science and engineering um they've got a dashboard where on the left hand column they have the number of confirmed cases they have the number of deaths, but on the right-hand column in green, they have the total recovered, um, which is not a number that I think, again, we often pay attention mm-hmm. to. And I think that if we're being responsible consumers of information, we should pay attention to all three. It's it, We don't ignore the fact that, hey, this right. is something we have to take seriously, but we also pay attention to the fact that, um, you know, through the efforts of healthcare workers, through the efforts of um, communities that are coming together and saying, hey, let's do what we need to do so that these people can recover and get well, um, we we have the capacity to move forward from this. And that that's what I think allows us to approach this with an attitude of connection and collaboration and social engagement, mm-hmm. as opposed to an attitude of, of fear and, um, you know, just being afraid to be right. in contact or in, in relationship with each other. Exactly. Um, so um, from us to you, uh, wash your hands, try to avoid touching your face. Um, we'll put some of the, we'll put the CDC guidelines link in our show notes. Um, but really, honestly, um, you know, we are, um, we wish everybody the best. Um, stay healthy to the, to the best of your ability. And uh, we wish the best for you and yours. Yeah. Um, we are um, a new podcast, but we uh, would really hope to get your support um, by liking us, um, giving us ratings, letting us know what you think um we're on every uh, podcast platform um apple podcast google play um, google podcast spotify stitcher um and so we'd love for you to to share our show there um my um practice information can be found at talkingwithjames.com and mine at compassionfix.com. Yeah, so if you're interested in uh, connecting with Ginger or I, you can do that there. We're looking to roll out some community um, options here in the next uh, several uh, weeks and months. 
Um, but uh, for now, we just mm-hmm. want to say we're happy to be connecting with you and uh, wish you the very best in the coming season. Yeah, be well. Uh, be well. Uh, that, <laughs> we're thinking that might be our, our sign-off line because that's that seems to... what we all happened. need right now. <laughs> yeah. Be well. Yeah. All right. So uh, do you want to say be well now again? Be or, well. Okay. <laughs> We have to actually end it on you saying be well. So uh, I'm James, and now Ginger will say this and we'll be done. Be well.